What's up, everybody out there in internet world? Hold on, I got something that triggered here. Destination. Oh, Instagram. Yeah, we're not going to Instagram. That's okay. What's up, internet world? Hope you guys are doing well out there. Thanks for joining me tonight. I'm here in the studio with Tim Falvey of Uncle Tim's Bench. Stoked to have him here. Oh, I hope you guys are doing well out there. Is that coming in? Where's that coming from? There's like a... Did you know uh, there was like a repeat of the audio? That may have been... Oh, your the... phone. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. T- <laughs> Tim's over there. We, you, can, you can hear him. You can hear him. He was going on to share the, uh, share the feed. And I, I was confused because I thought maybe it was on my thing and I was sending out the audio twice. <laughs> He's just going to share, share it on his profile. So, Yeah, it works. The audio works. Okay. All right, so it's all working. Um, but it's really tripping. Yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> I don't know why that happened. It's okay. All right, all right, we're good? Ready or not. All right, here we go. All right, so tell your story, man. Let's do it. All right, so um, Tim just got back from a trip to New York. Um, We're going to get into travel, music. Tim's going to play some songs for us. He's going to talk about sort of his journey geographically as well as his time here in Charleston. I'm I'm, I'm excited to dig into that. I've known Tim for a while now. I feel like uh, there are some parallels that at least that I feel and that I relate to in Tim's story and mine. He's got, uh, actually, he's going to be using my my uh, first guitar that I ever bought today uh, to play music today, which is pretty cool um, because as Tim embarks on a new chapter of his life in a new place, um, that I did the same thing with that guitar, um, and that's that's a guitar that I took out to Long Beach, California. So I don't know, just a, um, there's something kind of cool in there, um, some kind of real, real-life poetry. Um, I don't know that I have a lot else to say. Let me think real quick. I've been in a fog today, you guys, so I, please bear with me. I've been I've got three different drinks here. I've got uh an elderberry tea, water, and uh hot cocoa. <laughs> so just trying uh all the all the different things, seeing if it will help. I think that that's all I all I've got to say. The Grove you know what? No, what I should say is Tim. Tim is going to be here again uh, next week, next Wednesday, with the band, and we could talk about it a little bit. And then on next Thursday, we have Holland Bell and Riley Hills are going to come in here and and uh, share some songs and conversation as well. I'm excited to be doing this kind of thing. Um, you know, getting people in the studio and getting to talk a little more in depth about music and people's journeys and and perspective on music how they learn how to be better, the experiences that they have, because uh, everyone's got a different story, everyone's got a different perspective, and everybody's got value to offer in conversation. You, you can learn something from everyone. So I'm really excited to be able to have those conversations just for myself, but also be able to share them. Um, and I'm excited for the, the state that the studio is in. Without any further ado, I'm going to switch it over here so we can see Mr. Tim Falvey and, uh, and uh, get this thing going. Feel free to throw comments in the chat. There he is. Made it to the Grove. Feel free to, th- th- feel free to throw comments in the chat. I'll be able to put your comments up on the screen so Tim can see them. We'll be able to see them and go back and forth with you guys. Uh, but without any further ado, how was New York, Tim? A whirlwind. Uh, last uh, trip was six days long. Uh, did some networking, did some singing, uh, did some exploring, 
and I'm already itching to get back up to the big city. Hmm. I'm I'm thinking. Um, I almost want to. You know what? I'll play. A, maybe I was I was thinking I would lead with this video. Um, that I made of. You want to? You want? Would you want to watch this video of our previous conversation? Nah, maybe I'll just post. Uh, no, I'll just send I it th- to you. I think it'd be worth checking yeah? out. Yeah. All right. Let, it's a it's a short little video. Let's see. Um, let me try this here. We'll switch it. Uh, go uh, five seconds. Five seconds. There, there we are. Here's the video. So, um, yeah, let's let's listen to it. There was a time where I went to New York where I thought for for the first time I've been there a number of times just for short short spells. There was one time where for the first time I wasn't intimidated by the city anymore. Um, and maybe that's foolishness, <laughs> but, but um, that sort of gave me a new appreciation where I thought, wait a second, I feel like I finally understand enough about how it works where I feel like I could figure out my way in this place. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and in that way, it was really compelling. And the willingness to go discover the unknown is one of the more valuable things maybe that's one of the valuable things that we can do as artists mm-hmm. um, and that's is, is what we can do is actually go into the unknown go to places that maybe other people aren't willing to and then we can tell those stories and tell the truth about those stories and that is an inherent value but you gotta be willing to go take it on but then there, maybe there's also just like an internal just you wanna take on the wild or something right we are frontiers yeah. folk as yeah. artists we are we as musicians. I feel are more accessible as artists, uh, as storytellers than uh, varied other kinds of artists. Uh, we, in a way, are the art itself, because as practitioners of music, uh, in performing live, um, we are we are tangible um, human beings and deliverers of a message, not just a static painting on a wall. Being able to perform in a number of different places with others, where you have uh, sort of estab- the, established the ability to go do shows in different towns and have reliable people that you can connect with and throw uh, a show that, that works. And uh, for me, when, when you first talked to me about that, I thought, that sounds really challenging. And that sounds like um, it's going to be wrought with uh, the are very prone to failure um, because well, a lot of times music takes practice um, and to be able to deliver something solid with, with other musicians, they have to really be able to dial in on what you're doing. Um, however, we just did a, uh, a show where we practiced together for a while, not, not like relentlessly for a year or anything like that. And we're able to pull it together. And I think um, maybe, uh, maybe you could talk about how you you see that working or why even if the music itself isn't you know like precise funk or something like precise you know that you're still able to deliver a show that's meaningful to people um and that is accessible yeah you're referencing our performance a couple weekends ago at common house aleworks in north charleston here in south carolina and that would be a good case in point of the type of performance I care to put on. Rally together a group of musicians who have no business hanging out together uh, in the first place, but somehow establishing a buy-in 
to create something where there wasn't something there before, to create something beautiful out of imperfect parts, and to give people who are listening to the music a reason to smile. I'll, I'll use that to segue into, maybe you can talk a little more about what Uncle Tim's Bench is, the, the name and what the name means, um, because certainly Uncle Tim's Bench was, it lived up to its name for me. And uh, yeah. Sure. It all started and continues at a park bench at Waterfront Park in Charleston at the harbor here. And that's a place where I've spent countless hours busking or street performing to collect tip money for singing songs on the street. Um, I It was at that place where I really honed my belief that I could make a living as a musician and a place that has continued to reinforce my craving for more and more and more and more chances to perform, to be in front of people, to share stories, to to develop and redevelop and refine songs of my own. Um, Uncle Tim's Bench has taken on a grander life, uh, a highly, almost to a detriment, a highly inclusive um, and inviting spirit for almost all musicians to uh, <laughs> it's that's a it's one of the catch lines is uh uncle tim's bench room for almost everyone and uh, yeah if you're yeah. if you're if you're wondering why almost everybody well if you're hesitant to come or you don't feel like you want to you don't have to play you will never see an uncle tim's bench perform. i think that's a good spot um yeah. so it's i think it's kind of it's it's cool to, to let's get back to the main screen here the uh, there we go. I think it's cool to reflect on that a little bit. No, a little I bit. agree. This was yeah. what th two years ago, three years, two and yeah, a half yeah. years ago. Something, something like that. Yeah, I'm trying to remember exactly when it was. Um, but yeah, I think it was at least two years. Um, and uh, t first, well, Tim, Tim was the first uh, guest on my podcast, and my and he kind of got the ball rolling with this for me. Um, helped help me kind of. Uh, he was a willing guinea pig in a way, and so I, I appreciate that and. Um, and so it's cool to get to have you back here um, before you embark on this next uh, segue, but I was, or next uh, leg of your of your journey. Um, how about we start with a, a song? Would, okay. that, would that be all right? I yeah. think it'd be, yeah. Let's do that. Let's cool. do this. In all its glory, this old faithful guitar from from Long Beach, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. My fingers will come alive just touching it there was a lot of stories uh with that guitar i'll, I'll tell a really really short one that Love to um, hear it. yeah uh one time one of my first gigs that i ever had in outer banks north carolina uh i um one of my strings broke and the peg popped out the peg for the string popped out and it fell it disappeared and so i was at a gig now i can't i'm down to five strings that's one of my first gigs so i don't even know how to play with five strings and uh, I don't have a peg. And I just, uh, essentially, as, as uh, silly as it might sound, I trusted God to, that it would work out. And I found a nail in, the, in, in a crack of the wood of, of this deck where I was playing. And the nail was a perfect fit into the peg hole and held the string in. And uh, yeah, I don't know, it was from that point, I always felt like when I had this guitar with me, everything was going to be okay. Yeah, so, that's yeah. a good feeling. Well, uh... I'll play a little something called Bowery Bank is Burning. Mm -hmm. 
That's the remix. But we'll get the, we'll get the real deal. Just a tank and a half up I-95 To Bowery Bank where it's half past nine Lower East Side rolls out the red carpet To a castle in the sky But the morning's grip a little bit colder, dear My microphone blasts a little bolder, dear the snow falls danker and darker and dirty the Young blood bleeds a little older, dear Well B-b-bowery bank is burning, burning, and a D-line is running late. It was half past nine when the gear stopped turning, but Midtown don't have to wait. Bowery bank is burning, burning, and a D-line is running late. It was half past nine when the gear stopped turning, but Midtown don't have to wait. I've been bleeding uh, such a smug and bloody smile from Cutting teeth on greasy subway tile while painting Grand Street Station red Hey, let's take off our coats and stay a while With a morning script a little bit colder, dear And my microphone blasts a little bolder, dear The snow falls danker and darker and dirty Young blood bleeds a little older, dear well, Bowery Bank is burning, burning, and a D-line is running late. It was half past nine when a gear stopped turning, but Midtown don't have to wait. Bowery Bank is burning, burning, and a D-line is running late. It was half past nine when a gear stopped turning, but Midtown don't have to wait. Generally speaking, it's a song about chasing your dreams. Dreaming defiantly. Dreaming big. Dreaming even if it's impossible. For me, it's a dream about moving to the big city. Making a little noise. I wrote the lyrics to this song four years ago. Put it to music a year and a half ago and very quickly became one of my favorite tunes to play. Bowery Bank is burning, burning. 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 Bowery, Bowery, Bowery. Bowery Bank is burning, burning, and the D-line is running late. It was half past nine when a gear stopped turning, but Midtown don't have to wait. There's an urgency and a criticality to pursuing your dreams. There's also a fun and an adventure to it. Bowery Savings Bank on Bowery Street in the Lower East Side of Manhattan has a analog clock perpetually stuck at 9.30, and that was the original kernel to start the poetry to this song. Every time I walk past that that uh, clock tower on that bank facade, it's still five or still nine thirty. <laughs> <laughs>
That's kind of cool. Well, that sounds great. Hey, thanks. Uh, um, let's. Uh, I'm. I'm. I'm trying to uh, track my mind back to the the video, the way that it opened up in the first thing that we were talking about. But, um, let's. I mean, let's just talk about. Let, let's talk about Charleston and let's talk about New York. Is that? I'm happy to. Yeah. So. You know, I'm really, I'm really curious about this next leg of the journey and going into New York and how that's going to unfold and kind of how, you know, how you're thinking. Because when you when you start moving into a new place, it's just full of exploration and discovery and learning and you know, and mapping a lot of different things out. At least that's the way it is for me. Maybe I'm putting words in your mouth, but that's the way it is for me. Um, and so it's a really exciting time. There's probably a, a lot that you're thinking about, a lot that you're not sure of. I don't know that kind of stuff. Um, and so I'm really excited to kind of see how things are coming together, even though it's still early stages. You've been traveling to New York now for what? Six, six, months. six months. Every month I've been going up there doing what I call field work, just orienting myself to the big city, uh, networking the heck out of it as much as able, uh, gigging and open micing, uh, and enjoying it, watching as many shows as I can while I'm up there as well. How do you feel? How do you feel? Uh, how have the open mics been? Um, and have you gone to open mics in different parts of town? Uh, yeah. I have. Um, I'm I'm very comfortable going. I think one of the reasons I did open mics to begin with was to teach myself how to perform and to become accustomed to the idea of exposing uh, live art to strangers and having been doing that religiously and obsessively for years now. It's it, it doesn't pose the same challenge mentally that it used to. Um, seven years in the Charleston music scene full-time, I feel like conditioned me for any type of musical activity I go into, whether uh, it be a gig somewhere or show up in New York City for an open mic. Um, I'm, I'm conditioned for it at this point, whether it you know it's the first open mic I go to in this, that city or find another town and and go to I I'm not challenged by it in the same way so I look for other opportunities to to train myself to become a better person to become a better artist when I go to these ones do you feel like there's much clear difference between a Charleston open mic and a New York open mic I don't I don't think I They're could identify that I think They're pretty similar I wouldn't say that either but uh, collectively as two places or two things I mean, you can go you go to one Charleston open mic, you've gone to one Charleston open mic. Every venue is different. Yeah. Every host is different. Um, the culture around that particular restaurant or bar is different. Yeah. And I don't think I could compare or contrast one to the other. I'm sure aggregately there's a, a cultural difference sure. in an in a environment like New York versus a Charleston yeah. one. But um, for me, you boil it down, it's, it, it's you inviting strangers into your life and mind with song at any and every open mic, New you, York or Charleston. Do you feel like there's a good open mic scene in New York? Ooh, okay. This is something that really, really troubled me uh, in the couple years, three years that I traveled pre-COVID in and outside of New York. And there are a lot of pay-to-play type open mics and I get it. Everybody needs to make a buck. The promoter needs to make a buck. The venue needs to make a buck. 
the host needs to make a buck. Why are the artists the ones paying all of these people? It was uh, contradictory to what I thought an open mic should be. Not all open mics in the city have been like that. The last one I went to, you show up and you play. Everybody yeah. was nice and it was a community-based atmosphere. Charleston, I don't know that I've ever even heard of such a concept. That yeah. You pay to play in an open mic. Yeah, I don't think so either. I've, I heard of one in L.A. one time, I think, that it was that way. But it was, I think, only one. Mm -hmm. It's pretty rare. Yeah, And there, there's not all of them are like that in, in New York, but I've, I've avoided the ones that are. So how do you feel like you're plugging into the city? Like, what's what's your 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 mental approach? Like, uh, you said you're going to a lot of shows. Maybe you've gone to some open mics. Um, are you just trying to immerse yourself in everything? Are there particular parts of town that you're more interested in? Anything? Yeah, something along those lines. General yeah. attitude is to observe and absorb right now, soak it in and study yeah. silently. Uh, strategies include watching as many shows as I can uh, with intention at the Lincoln Center for the Performing Arts, which is the premier world-class uh, target for world-class artists from all over the world, dancers, singers, classical symphony performers, jazz artists, um, all descending upon the, the, the big city of New York to create beautiful sound and, and dance. So my my one of my targets is Lincoln Center. If I'm going to go watch a show, it will be there because I want to observe the best, study from the best, and hopefully take notes on why they're the best so I can continue to grow in my course. So watch as many shows as I can of high-caliber high performer in a uh, world-class setting. Um, second approach is to walk everywhere I can and take the subway everywhere I can just to build a mental map of the circuitry of the city so that when I'm in a pinch down the road, I know how to get from A to B uh, with no money and only a sock, a toothpick, and some bubble gum. And I can, I can survive, right? Um, study music, study the infrastructure, and put myself in positions where I I can expose myself to professionals in the industry. So let's let's use that to, to segue. I'm gonna ask you I'm gonna ask you a little bit of a tough a tougher one. Um so this um I'm gonna see how to frame this. I, I'd like to, to hear you talk about um well let's 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 set it up by saying, okay, in Charleston, um there's quite Charleston is known as the like, at least I've heard it's the number two wedding destination in the world. I don't know if that's actually true, but I've heard that from a number of different sources or I've seen that. So regardless, it's definitely a popular wedding destination. Um, there are a lot of private events, a lot of weddings, a lot of bars and restaurants, venues, and not an insane amount of competition to the point that, um, you know, somebody of your caliber um, can make a decent living here playing music. It's, it's available to you. And going to um, New York is, I believe, going to be certainly way more challenging. Um, the budgets available to to you know um, upcoming musicians and um, the competition that you're up against, I think, is probably going to be similar 
uh, on par with what you would experience in Nashville, which is just inundated with people trying to make it. Um, and and so, what uh, uh, part of the the angle or the wavelength that I'm trying to think on here is? Can you explore and talk about what drive? Like, if you talk if you talk to a business person, they would say, "What are you doing? This is no. You go you go this direction." Like the money's here, go this direction, right? It's there for you. You could develop, you could, you could have more stability and allow you the chance to, the, the freedom and, and time to develop. I have been here a while, so. But what, and I, I can relate this to this to some extent because I bought a, a graffiti van and drove all over the country and into Mexico and got to play with the Federales and I lived in my car in, in Long Beach and, uh, and that's how I got started doing music is driving out to LA with a dream and, uh, and connecting with people and kite surfing and playing open mics and, and all, and all that. And, and, um, so I, I, I get it. And I would just, yeah, like to, to talk to you about, do you have, do you have fears? What drives you to want to leave what you have here and take on this new chapter? You aren't, you aren't, you aren't, you aren't a spring chicken either. You're not. Uh, I mean, you still got a lot of years ahead of you, I'd say. But it's it's uh, it's not necessarily. It's it's a time where there. I think many people would find it difficult to make that kind of leap, you know. And so I'm just yeah. If you could talk just kind of about what makes it worth it to you, what what convinces you that this is the way, what uh, something along those lines. <laughs> <laughs> I love a challenge. Okay. I think I would stand to get bored and complacent. And my growth would slow or backtrack if I wasn't afraid. And I am scared shitless of going to New York. I am scared shitless. Um, Charleston... I figured out my way to do Charleston, and there's there's always something to learn and grow from and figure out, I suppose, depending on your attitude. But I think it's time to go to a place where I, I haven't figured my way out. And to me, New York appears to be the most daunting American city to do so. I know that there's a density of artists from all over the world in the confines of that place, hungry and itching to do good and, and be good and learn. Not just do good and be good and learn, but do the best and be the best and learn more. And I think I, at this phase, need a little more intensity to, to jolt me into perfecting what I'm doing and where I'm going, which is to travel the world and sing songs. That's, that's always been always been the vision as an artist. Travel, sing, sing, travel. Travel, sing, sing, travel. It reminds me of, uh, I, I was homeschooled in like sixth grade or seventh, sixth and seventh grade, and at some point I just thought, I, I'm gonna be, I can't do this because I'm gonna be too complacent. So I just, I took myself back to public school, even though it, I had so much, uh, sort of freedom and ability to kind of live out, do whatever I want. Um, it was just, uh, I knew it was not going to be the long-term thing. I needed to put myself in a different situation. Um, you said, um, uh, 
in the video we watched, you talked about that we as artists are the art itself. Yeah. Um, maybe how does that relate to your your travel? Is that part of it? Is the development you you develop yourself, mm. and it's the, it's a journey. And if you aren't willing to take on your journey, then are you even an artist? What are you What are you standing for? Do you feel like there's principles on some level that that um, you sort of must uphold to maintain what you feel is yourself or you, what you feel is your integrity, something along those lines? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'm accountable for the the message that I've offered to countless musicians in Charleston. You got to get up, man. Tell your story, man. Yeah. Turn the corner, man. Sing your song, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I am. I am accountable for that. And if I didn't turn that corner, if I didn't build my stage, there's nothing waiting for me in New York. Yeah, yeah. If I didn't, if I didn't build it, my my life advice to fellow creators to get up, man, and tell your story, build your stage, it, it would be nothing, nothing worth listening to. Um, I totally get it. Um, you 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 feel you can lose a part of yourself or lose who you are. Um, uh, you, you make different choices, and that that um, it's kind of like uh, you don't get to pretend to be something. <laughs> you you are whatever it is you are, mm -hmm. and uh, you kind and, and you are whatever you do. Um, would you? I since since you brought it up, <laughs> how would you feel about playing that song? Reveille? Yeah, I, I would be proud to. Yeah, this is this is the song for all the musicians watching in on this podcast. And I couldn't play this for you if I didn't follow my own advice. Me going to New York to do music. is me taking the challenge of Reveille. Gotta get up, man, yeah, 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 yeah. Gotta get up, man, yeah, 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 yeah. Gotta get up, mayhem, yeah, 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 yeah. Gotta get up, gotta get up, gotta get up, gotta get up. Tear out the pages, man. But burn the book. Turn in the script, man. Don't you dare take another hook. Turn the corner, man. Set the pace T -t Take that step, man Take that step, man Run your race Gotta get up, man Yeah, 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 yeah Gotta get up, man Yeah, 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 yeah Gotta get up, man Yeah, 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 yeah Gotta get up, gotta get up, gotta get up, gotta get up. 
Somewhere at the crossroads At a corner of Calhoun at King A young man dances naked in the pelting rain And a squeaky street sweeper sings a Five a.m. requiem for my bestest friend and me In the red, green, glow, go light of Reveille Gotta get up, man, yeah, 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 yeah Gotta get up, man, yeah, 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 yeah Gotta get up, man, yeah, 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 yeah Gotta get up, gotta get up, gotta get up, gotta get up Shout out to all our our friends tuning in right now. Thank you, Fawn. Reveille, tell your story. Mm. I couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't tell people to do that if I wasn't doing that myself. Yep. I have to go. I have to go. Yep. 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 That's true. I don't know for sure if it's true that you have to go, but I, I do I do know that it's true that that. Uh, okay, <laughs> we'll flip that. What if I didn't yeah. go? Well, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to argue with you, but I, I just yeah. I can't I cannot picture growing as a human being. Um, yeah, yeah. I've I've learned everything I could to to feed and nurture the craft and the vocation. Um, if I didn't go, I think I I would be miserable. Um, Charleston has fed me and taught me and granted me so much. Uh, but I think as a, a, a bird leaving the nest, you gotta, you gotta, gotta go, gotta, gotta spread the wings, right? So, for, so for me, Rita says, uh, go try be. Right. So, um, for me, this, this song to me is the most important song that I've heard in Charleston. I think I think I can say that. To me, uh, it's the most memorable, most important song that I've heard since being in Charleston, which I've been here for six years. So I don't think that's a small statement. Um, and uh, I just think, yeah, what you said is is uh, when you talked about this is a song for the artists. Um, but it's I think it's it's more than that. It can be for anybody. It's the the quest, the call to get up, you know, and the urgency of now. The urgency, um, and that sometimes, I think I think this is probably true. I think this song is relatable to everybody, um, really, um, because it's easy to get complacent. It's, I mean, even even I don't even really want to say this, but like getting stuck in your your phone scrolling, right? I mean, how many people get lost in your, in your phone, and uh, and and then you don't take action on the development of of your life and your purpose and what you can do and what what you can actually bring to the world and um and that it's just such a um um a visceral there's a better word it's a um primal it's almost primal a call to get up and um mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and um it's a wake up call it's a yeah it's a it's literally what a, what the word could be defined as reveille mm, okay <laughs> reveille meaning to wake up in French uh, anglicized into the word reveille 
which is the name for the bugle call in the morning at the flag on your military installations. Um, something along the lines of <laughs> Reveille. You might recognize that. Yeah, yeah. No, I know that. That, that uh, yeah. That's what that is. Reveille. Wake okay. up. It's time to wake up and get, okay. get your life started. That's pretty cool. Or your day started. Yeah. So I would be curious to see, because like, so that's not, that's the way for me how I feel about this song. And I know you've talked about this isn't necessarily your favorite song that you've written, but you would agree that it's a pretty, it's important. It's an important song. I, I do think that it, it is the message, uh, the central message of, of my catalog of music. Get up, get so up. I would be really curious to, you know, some, sometimes it would be great to, if you could just like, if you could talk to God or he could whisper to you or you could get like a, a bird's eye view of all the different people, what what you did actually, what it actually did, how it actually impacted people, you know? Mm. Um, because I'd be really curious to know how many artists in Charleston this song really uplifted, you know, and, what, and to what extent this song uplifted them. You know, um, a, a lot of times us, we as artists, you know, it's easy to, to think that success as an artist is sort of achieving, uh, you know, getting a song on the radio or getting... Um, you know, it's sort of put into you that that's the, um, that's what success is, or on some level the success needs to be the success of your career, but art and art and career aren't the same thing. Um, and you know, while that would be, it would be great, (laughs) you know, if we get a little more for, for what we're doing, but, um, you know, that's just not the way the world works sometimes. And, uh, I would just be interested to see like, um, I feel like you've met, you've certainly made an impact on Charleston, and I think sometimes I guess what I would say too is people don't appreciate what they have, and uh, and people don't even know what they have sometimes, and I think um, I think that that's something of what I think for you in Charleston. Um, I feel like um, mm-hmm. what you've done with art here, it's like ah, man. One day, hopefully, people can understand it a little more. <laughs> um, but I think maybe there are a lot of artists and a lot of different individuals that you have impacted. Um, but uh, I don't know that there are a lot of poets quite like you that are articulating. Like, if you guys listen to um, Tim's lyrics, some, he, he tells real stories of, of what's actually happened in Charleston. I mean, uh, that's that's what I gather anyway. There's a lot of different um, sort of actual, you know, it's not a, it's not just like a a Disney story. It's like actual stories that happened. Yeah, they yeah. are at at minimum semi autobiographical accounts of my life. Every one of the songs that I've crafted, some of them are very very explicitly uh, life a diary, right? Maybe it's it's partly like everyone's so tapped into their phones and what's coming from from Hollywood movies or what's on their Facebook and are they are they looking good enough or these kinds of things that they just don't even know when they hear real something that's real and uh, and so that's also one of the reasons I'm I'm excited for you to go to New York because. Maybe there is a different kind of reception that you'll get and a different kind of appreciation for what you do. I'm really hopeful that that's the case. Um, but uh, it would be, 
I feel like Charleston has missed out on some on some really great art that you've made and the ability to sort of witness that in the time that you've been here. So I went on a monologue there, but let's um, maybe you can talk a little bit about your experience and some of you know I'm I'm saying that from my my vantage point. What has been your experience? Sure. I, well, first of all, the autobiographical nature of the material uh, is important to the identity of my craft. I, I, I may or may not have a difficult time fabricating stories. Um, but the silver lining in that is I don't have to, I don't have to make up a story. Like all of my songs are simply notations of life experiences that already happened. The creative part to me is just the wordplay and the delivery. Um, I'm grateful to hear that, you know, your affirmation that other artists have probably been impacted by messages of my songs in Charleston. Uh, I'm not done, everybody. Charleston, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not done. So the, 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 <laughs> I'm talking, yeah. the impact that I have all, always cared to have, I truly hope will be fortified in the gauntlet that will be New York City. Um, and the impact that you might experience down the road might be through the airwaves instead of seeing me sitting on my park bench or outside the city market on church street playing music um, you might hear it that way and you and you might also based on knowing the story the roots the present and where i hope to go uh, maybe that'll be inspiration for you to keep getting up man keep doing it somebody's doing it all right that you can count on even if i don't make it in the sense of financial or uh, financial success or notoriety which i am gunning for even if i don't do that like i'm still going for it everybody i'm still going for it and you can count on that bank on that all right i'm not uh, there is no tapping out here i am not conditioned to relinquish the effort and surrender at the end of the day that's all you can control and, uh, you know, I just, I also, I think, uh, um, I think, I think we are rewarded to our, with, uh, for our hard work and our efforts when we, when we make something that's good quality, I think in general, we are rewarded for it, but there's also, uh, I don't think it's a mystery to anybody that the world overall isn't in some incredible state. <laughs> it's like, no, like there's, the world is a, as a, as a, wild mess of good and evil that's the way i see it and uh and and it's changing all the time and uh you know good is not necessarily rewarded good doesn't does just being good doesn't mean you're going to get a reward <laughs> sometimes the reward for being good if we go in a biblical direction it's pretty dark yeah oh it's awful so yeah. um yeah so um yeah i i think that i guess i'd like to to say i just i kind of want to say that to you. sometimes it's just nice to hear um, when other people uh, get it or share share that that view, because sometimes you can have such a pressure that you think life is supposed to turn out a certain way. But the reality is, what happens to you, the results are not necessarily have it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with how you conduct yourself. You yourself know, and you just got to be honest to yourself. Are you yeah. doing what you should be doing? And if you feel that you are doing what you should be doing, then that's that's it. Um, you figured it out. Yeah. <laughs> you figured it out. 
Yeah. <laughs> All right. That that ends the podcast. <laughs> Have a good night, everybody. Um. Okay. Uh, do you feel like playing another song? Yeah. Okay. Do we have a request from the audience or from the host? We got we got a few a few folks that are that are viewing and uh, yeah anybody anybody that's viewing that uh, has a particular UTB song that you'd like to hear. Um, I could say. Oh, I, I got one. Yeah. Okay. This one is uh, in short, about a gal from Long Island. grab one of my guitar picks here for this humdinger. With a slick middle finger, he was Lord as he was. A bleach blonde crimple with a little thing of a singer, she was. Yeah, he thinks, why waste my time? But that smile is so pretty, even harder to catch than a flight back to New York City. Oh, there's a one way can wait. Got that boy. He's so witty, I hold my breath for you Only till I get dizzy An agitated thinker and a rock star on a brinker He was, Lord as he was Straight ka-ching, ka-ching, looking like a tall drinker. She was, yeah, he thinks, why waste my time? But that smile is so pretty, even harder to catch than a flight back to New York City. Oh, this one way can wait. Got that boy, he's so witty. I hold my breath for you, only till I get dizzy. Thinking he might bring her with him strolling down the kinger He was, Lord yes he was Had no plans to linger, just a looking for a little flinger She was, yeah, he thinks why waste my time But that smile is so pretty, even harder to catch Than a flight back to New York City, oh this one way can wait, got that boy, he's so witty, I hold my breath for you, only till I get dizzy, till I get dizzy, till I get dizzy, yeah, till I get dizzy. 
Well, he ain't got forever, but he'll still take his time. She's only got ten minutes to make up her little mind. Leave it to the universe to get her there on time. Hey, give me a call when you miss your flight A belt loop linker with a slick middle finger he was, Lord, yes, he was. A bleach blonde crimple with a little singer from a singer. She was, yeah, yeah. Till I get dizzy. Nice. Yeah. It's like, what do you, what do, you do when you've been holding your breath so long you can't hold it any longer? You, you go, I don't know, mm. maybe chase her down? <laughs> right? No, maybe not. You get, you get dizzy. You get dizzy. Yeah, you get dizzy. You get dizzy. Just one of the ideas behind that tune. Mm -hmm. I wanted to write something that, in a key that I'd never written in before, and I found a, a major key that I'd never written in before, and I found F sharp to be one of twelve left to choose from. <laughs> so all right, we'll do it. I wanted to write with chord shapes I'd never played with before, and I found one that I hadn't played with, so there we go. It's nice. I wanted to play in a time signature I hardly play in, so I'll write it in three quarters, and here we are. That's a cool way to write. Yeah. yeah. Nice. I wrote a song about Dizzy one time, uh, but it's pretty di It's pretty different. I don't know. Is it a, di is it a dark tune? No. Uh, I can't remember. It's It was... Uh, it was it was like maybe the most sort of hip hop song I wrote. Ooh, I guess. Okay then. I don't know. All right. I uh, I don't know. It, it didn't. I never completed it, but it was interesting. Anyway. I'd be, I'd be curious. <laughs> I'd be curious to get yeah. a little sneak peek at some point. I, yeah. I, I probably have a recording. I could send it to you. Um, well, let's talk about Uncle Tim's. So I want to just throw out there. I did. We have talked about you know all this going to New York and 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 whatnot. And you did mention that you know. It's not like you're going to be gone, and so you're going to be back in Charleston from time to time. I don't know. Are you going to be trying to be out there, out and about at all, or so rhythmically? I'll be back to Charleston twice a month. Yeah, and I I do care to continue to breathe life into the the brand and the ethos and the architecture of Uncle Tim's Bench. I don't know what that'll look like. Sure. But I do believe that there is a purpose for the project Uncle Tim's Bench, even without me being 100% physically present in South Carolina. I do feel like once you, you know, once you're out in New York a lot, though, it, it's going to be tough to mentally, it's just tough to mentally exist in two places, you know, and you've already kind of got Charleston mapped out. New York, even I feel like even when you're back here, you're probably still going to want to be thinking about New York. You know what I mean? I already miss it. Yeah. <laughs> I just got back so, on Tuesday yeah. a couple of days ago. Um, let's talk about Uncle Tim's Bench, and let's talk about your, your history in Charleston to a bit. This is a, 
you know, so maybe it's not entirely closing of a chapter. You're gone from from Charleston, but to, I would say to an, ex- an extent, I would say it is the closing of a chapter. It's gonna be it's gonna be different. And um, Uncle Tim's Bench, what exactly what it has been, or the prominence that it's that it's had, maybe maybe shifting, um, maybe maybe not. Maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong there. But um, can you just talk about a little bit? I mean, we we talked in the in the past about. You know what Uncle Tim's bench was is actually a bench. You know it's actually a bench over there on the river riverfront or not riverfront, uh, the waterfront park in downtown Charleston. And um, and I guess yeah, this this. So I'll say this. I think that the um, the concept of Uncle Tim's bench was is is so cool on a number of different ways. One, as many of you guys probably are aware, um, Uncle Tim's bench. What it does is it brings people together. And it puts a bunch of different musicians who haven't played together before, you work on Tim's songs, and you get the chance to be part of a collective musical experience. Um, and it puts you in, in maybe a situation where you would never have been able to be, be there before. And you get these experiences, you develop. It helps musicians and different people develop, which is an amazing, really cool thing. The concept of, it's like Uncle Tim's workbench. You come on the bench, you're going to get better. You're going to um, grow. And that's, that's part of the bench. Um, but also, there's another side of it, which is um, you're you're the person on the bench that everybody kind of wonders about. Who's that? Who's that? You know, who's that guy on the bench? That uh, is he? Is he crazy a little bit? Like we don't know. We but we like his music. His music sounds really good, and and so you're the the access to the bench, and it's like this. Um, um, it's a really cool um, metaphor. Metaphor isn't. It's like. Um, do uh, you know what I'm talking about? It's like a, it's the character that you've seen in many, many movies, and and you epitomized it and you made it real, and um, I think it's a really cool access point. The bench. I mean, you probably relate to it, um, but I guess um, just this. I, I, I'd be curious to hear more about your experience of just the sort of the evolution that's come along with that, the journey of 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 playing on on that bench and how it evolved into playing all these different shows um, and and just kind of maybe how you see these last, what has it been, eight years? So eight and a half now, yeah, total. Eight, eight and a half, half years of different experiences and evolution and, um, you know, I, maybe you could just kind of talk about thoughts about as you reflect on um, this, this, uh, this Charleston experience. Yeah. The bench is the mother tree. I'll come okay. back. I'll come back any and every chance I, I get when I'm in Charleston, even if I don't have a guitar in hand, to sit there and ponder. It's a grounding place for me. It is an anchor. Uh, it is a protector. Uh, the physical location I've, of, of Uncle Tim's bench, for me, is a... It, it, it may be a pivotal star in a constellation of a cluster of different shining lights that that would be one of them that particular bench to me um, I I wouldn't be the creator that I am without that physical bench being available at almost all times if I want to go perform which I have a compulsion to be in front of strangers making noise if I didn't have that bench there I'd be miserable um, because 
sometimes at 3 o'clock in the morning, bars and restaurants aren't going to hire you to perform, right? Because yeah. they're closed. Sometimes on a cold day. You're out there at 3 a.m.? I've, sometimes? I've, yeah. I've been there at all, yeah. all hours a day. Yeah. Okay. Not, not, not as a tradition, but sure, sure, sure. as an anomaly. I Did, would say that... Are uh, there other folks out there at, at, at 3 that you've there have been, been able to play for? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, and I, cool. I wouldn't... The times I've been out there in the dark are limited. And, sure. Um, probably for the safest. Um, but I have... Oh, yeah. I, I, uh, I rung in New Year's 2016, maybe 1, one o'clock in the morning after I watched the ball drop somewhere at a soiree and a tux I decided I'm gonna go fucking play music at one o'clock in the morning on New Year's Day 2016 that's where I was making noise playing music singing songs um, I, I I have a safe place to go and expose sounds in the park bench in a public setting which I as a performing artist I need I need that I, I yearn for that and I hunger for audience the same way that a chef yearns and yearns for and needs a somebody to taste his food, right? Like I, I need that. I need that. I need that. It is sustenance for me. And so to expose yeah. my craft in a public setting like that, I found a place and um, it, it will and it will continue to be an anchor point for me emotionally and mentally and artistically over my lifetime. I almost I, I do think I teared up maybe in 2017 there, there was, or 18. There was a hurricane scare on the coast in oh, man. the Charleston area. And so I egressed to the Midwest to just get away. Yeah. All the gigs got canceled because of yeah. bars and restaurants being closed. Right, right, I'm going to go to Indiana, and I'm going to play some open mics. And while playing one of my songs, a song about the harbor, uh, I started tearing up because I was afraid I was going to get back to Charleston and the whole boardwalk at Waterfront Park would be destroyed. I was I was almost certain it was going to going to be gone when I got back. Um, and that was only 2 years into discovering Uncle Tim's bench. I was already uh, tormented by the potential loss of it. Oh, I I Oh yeah, there's I wouldn't be what I am today without it. And I think 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now, I'll still be wondering how the bench is doing if I'm not there. I'll be coming back. Could we hear that song about the harbor? Yeah, since you're asking. <laughs> song is called A Poem for Tala. Tala is an Arabic word which means little palm tree, and I thought it would be an apt pet name for Charleston Harbor, who is personified as a female lover post-coitus in this song. Me and Lady Harbor let the tide slip away Revealing her hands entwined in mine Safe and sound and sweet and soft Beneath the whip of my flags three Hello Carolinas, Carolina my country tis of thee 
Quiet under cover of yet another deep blue night Threads of silk in a satin sky Dimming the gibbous light while five tap dancing fingers the head of your prickly spine up and down and up again A city rhythm in our mind Baby's breath breathes Billows of sojourning breast Baby's breath breathing Good tidings who begging me home Home sweet home That's right Baby's breath healing my Sin a sick soul At last And won't stand for home Slip away with me She said You are a palmetto I catch you pom-poming my skies Your tippy toes hardly anchored in a wharf Muddy wharf, we are an asshole somewhere Halfway up the South Atlantic coast, I tell ya Brackish muddy water never felt so warm And his toes of mine so tickled by the Pickles of the fingers of a tight pool Decided to stick around a while to play Stick around with me, my beloved Lady Harbor After the sheets of her done Slipped and slid away Slip away with me, she says Slip away with me, she says. Slip away with me, she says. Lady Harbor, she says. Slip away, slip away, slip away with me, she says. The tide pool ripples in our two tiny bed. The surface sparkles ever silver And I shall sing now To thee, don't leave thee, my beloved Lady Harbor Intertwined in thee Five tap dancing fingers Piano or prickly spine up and down and up a girl Nice. So that's a that's about your experience and how you were are you connecting to the harbor itself. It sure is, yes. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. That's a yeah. That's really cool. It's uh yeah, a vi sort of a visceral um, connection to it. That there's there's no separation. Kind of is, is some of what I'm. Oh I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. Nailed it. Yeah. Um. Let's let's move to um, 
let's see. If we talk about, um, uh, I, I, let's see if I want to follow up on the um, sort of your experience overall over these last eight years of Charleston. Um, you know what? Uh, let's do. Would you be up for doing another song? Yeah. Um, I, f- I feel like maybe just yeah maybe we can just do another do another, another song. I, I'm struggling uh, mentally. <laughs> <laughs> Drink some more of that uh, con- that that concoction sort of, you've made there. It's like uh, I, I've got uh, yeah maybe I feel like uh, yeah another song will will help me. Yeah, <laughs> right. Another jingle jangle. I w- oh. Here's this. How about this? All right, so I'm already devising my next project. Okay. For the big city, okay? Okay. Um, and it's going. I'm at your at you, Noah Grove. Your bidding, and your pressure, and your constructive critique. Okay. Over over. The pros and cons of the Uncle Tim's bench. Idea. Uh, I'm taking that, and I am. Developing or envisioning a, a a steady band, right? Okay. So, the the band the the idea behind that is going to be sonically the equivalent of a marriage between Jimmy Eat World, okay, and Third Eye Blind. I can't get away I can from like them. That. Um, it's going to be darker. It's going to be cleaner. It's going to be faster. It's going to be there's going to be no harmonica. Dang. Um, so fo- well, f- folks will have to get their harmonica fixed for co- by coming to my solo folk shows. Okay. All right? There will be very, very, very limited use of an acoustic guitar. Again, this is just the ideation phase. But I've already drafted my first... Uh, and it's going to be using all the original material that the Uncle Tim's Bench project has workshopped and prepared. Um, so the, the the project Uncle Tim's Bench being a workshop for original uh, full band arrangements, the world will get to hear the fruits of that, hopefully through this next band that I, I create. It's going to be called, well, it's it, it's not necessarily a super new name for me. Uh, I, I named a, a full band live album. Uh, the name I love it so much. It's called Big Iron Echoes. Okay, and just the the marriage of Jimmy Eat World and Third Eye Blind. But the the eight song album that I care to develop out of it uh, starts off with Reveille, of course. Okay, and uh, I mean these are all Uncle Tim standards, right? Uncle, yeah. Uh, so Sirens Sirens Play would be next. Bowery Bank is burning. Um, on through the list of more upper tempo. Much less folky. The folkiest tune on the album would be Till I Get Dizzy. And I will break out a acoustic guitar for that. Um, but I've already created kind of the, the demo playlist that I'm going to shop around to musicians who have a little bit faster pace uh, as far as tempo goes when they're playing. Uh, musicians who are a little bit, probably a little, probably a little angrier. I need I need okay. some, I need some I need some anger and I need some grudges to be <laughs> to be resolved through performing my material. So I'm going to I'm going to find some agitated 
agitated musicians who are gifted, who are surrendered. My, my goal is to find a group of four other men living in New York City who have surrendered themselves to music full time. So you're talking to New York. Yeah. This is a New York this is the New York band. Yeah. The first the first crack at creating a, a official full like steady full band, n- not a evolving ensemble. Um, I want to throw throw that out there cuz I mean there are, some gears are turning. Um, and some of the input that you offered on you know what works for Uncle Tim's bench, what doesn't? Why didn't you take off in Charleston? Why why did you get it as successful as you did in Charleston? Uh, what could you do different? Well, I'm going to take all of that information, but I'm not going to apply it to Uncle Tim's Bench. Uncle Tim's Bench has a purpose yeah. as a collective to help to uh, invitingly and intentionally allow artists, usually the ones who haven't played full-time, to develop your songs into full band arrangements. That's that's that might be the lasting legacy of Uncle Tim's Bench when I'm gone. The mechanics of it will ideally down the road when I have the bandwidth to to feed more life into Uncle Tim's Bench. Like yeah, maybe it can still be that even if not immediately. Yeah, we talked about, um, we were looking at, uh, yeah. st- I was looking at starting up my club uh, yes. again, and we talked about, and this, uh, look, turns, it's not going to happen, at least not now, but um, we talked about trying to collaborate m- the idea of my club and Uncle Tim's Bench, and how we could work those two things together. That for me, one of the, one of the things, I mean, I, I, I love the concept of Uncle Tim's Bench because I feel like, uh, so I, there was a time in my life where I had a lot of doubt as to whether or not I could even be a musician. And um, at somewhere along the line, I sort of, now I think of myself as a musician, you know? So the, the transition occurred, um, but it also, it wouldn't have happened without um, things like Uncle Tim's Bench. It wouldn't have happened without things like the guy outside the hostel in Miami that said, hey, you can't walk by with a guitar and um and not jam yeah you know? and so i go over there and now i'm playing out in front of with this guy random guy in front of a hostel where tons of people are coming in and out in miami and i'm nervous as hell you know thinking i'm gonna embarrass myself and all these people are watching me i've never i've hardly sung in front of they think i'm an idiot or they think i suck and i'm just so nervous and anxious and it wouldn't happen without those opportunities where people created those other people created those opportunities um to develop because like it's where else do you get those nobody's coming along and saying you know doing it for you um and so and and there isn't really you can go to school kind of but um there's like music schools but i feel like um to some extent it's just a matter of you got to get um experience you got to go out there and get it actually get experience so uncle tim and uncle tim's bench creates those opportunities for people that opportunities that they could not create for themselves, it, it created opportunities for people at an earlier um, sort of development point yeah. that they could not have yeah. have had for themselves. And um, so, I just think that that's remarkable. We talked about um, you know um, doing my, like a merging of my club where we would have um, some essentially we would Uncle Tim's Bench would almost become um, a club, uh, another kind of club um, where it's not just necessarily working on Tim Fowley songs. It's also working on other songs. 
-hmm. And I think that'd be really, I, I don't know that this is something that's going to happen or if, if it's in the distant future or it's not going to happen, but it is an interesting idea um, that uh, uh, would, would sort of live on, you know, the, what Uncle Tim's bench sort of gave mm -hmm. to the community. And what it gave yeah. to me. Yeah. I, I was an athlete and an academic growing up. Art was for girls. That was the message I got. Okay, you can you can know it exists, and you can revere it, but you got to do it from afar. When I found out, I, I fucking love art, I really do, and I further found out how wonderful of a feeling it was to create live art, and how alive I felt while doing so, and I mean just the sensation of envisioning playing in a full band was enough to make me get up man and figure out a way i don't know how to play in a band yeah. i just started i just had my first gig when i was 30 years old mm. all right but i i want to play in a band so here what do i do yeah well you find somebody who can do percussion and you find somebody who can play a guitar oh wait yep. why doesn't it sound right tim you need to get some bass in there okay let's do that like okay now what I don't know. Well, let's just throw pieces together and, and make something happen. Well, that's yep. what Uncle Tim's bench was for me. Yeah. Nobody handed it to me. So it gave you a lot of experience putting pieces together, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. And, and seeing how different things come together and different people come together. Yeah. So that was probably really, really helpful. It was for enriching, too. for yeah. sure. Um, and I, I, don't think I'll, I don't think I'll ever get to the point where I'll miss the buoyant experience that uncle tim's bench brought about because i don't think it's going away yeah I, i'm gonna i'm gonna care to find and identify a cluster of very very high quality very intense and very serious musicians to join me in, a, in making a, a rock band based out of new york but i'm still gonna need to experiment here and there I'm still going to need to, you know, workshop my own material before feeding it to the band, right? Yeah. I'll need it for my own sake, my own material. I hope you tear it up there in, in New York. I'll be excited to see. Hopefully you can get some videos or, or different things to capture, you know, some of the progress that you make and how different things come together. And and you're right. It is. It's like uh, we said. Nobody does it for you. It's it's a it's a challenge pulling people together. And I and New York won't be any different. Even if you are um, more focused on yeah. uh, you know specific people and and a consistent group, yeah. and and doing what's necessary to keep everybody together and keep everybody motivated. It's still going to be um, an imperfect thing that you got to mm -hmm. elevate. And uh, and 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 yeah, it's. There's never going to be the perfect moment, you know. There's never the perfect moment. It's always you got to make you 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 have what you have to work with, and you got to elevate it. You got to make it better. Got to get up, man. That's right. Um, you 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 ready to play another one? Yeah. All right. This is the coffee house and cocktail hour version of Sirens play. about playing with fire. Mm -hmm. 
lead me not into temptation, but passion overtakes me. Just another troubled troubadour, and uh, only you could shake me. I can't foresee what a magic making right before you take me. Come what may, I let you lead me. Only to forsake me Leave me hanging from my line You sassy little siren One more tease like last night's rush And Dolly, I'll be buying a drink or two For some lost soul knows my time on stage is flying I don't mean to make you blue but sugar you'll be crying you'll be crying oh you'll be patty cake patty cake emerald eyes Shimmy the sway in your red high tops and white eyes Tiger lily twirling, I take a chance to one knee And cut that little rug as I sing by the sea, by the sea Shout out to Chris Roberts It takes the best to know the best, sir By the sea Please tell me, is pink petal pirouetting mischief really worth the price? I'm all yours for now, but Dolly, forever's just tonight. Tell me that you love me, did I hear you say it be all mine? Faint of heart from your faint of breath, you uh, you torment me inside. Click your cup webs, cut your cuffs, come on, come on, drop another line. Would you pull me out, break my binds, and uh, drown me in your emerald light? Forever's just tonight. Rivers just tonight. Rivers just tonight. The miter finish. That's right. I like yeah, it, I like it. Like it. Yeah, and a little, a little dark. Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, I like it. That that. Uh, Almost the entire song is more of the. It's is is everything else major? I was. Yeah. Yeah. Everything else. Oh major. no! That no. there's a minor. There's a minor. That same minor chord is in there. Okay. In the bridge. Hmm. What up, Chris? All right. Shout out to Chris Roberts of Silk Row. Band who will be joining Uncle Tim's bench. Yeah. And Noah and the Space Ark. What? Yes, sir. A week from, almost today, uh, tomorrow. tomorrow. A week yeah. from tomorrow. Yeah. And my father's mustache, in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. 
little a last hurrah for the year for I'm, you guys don't have any public shows do you uh, after that before 2024 the space arc has one we were playing the washout for new oh, year's oh you are yeah, that's for right. new year's eve yeah right right, right. okay yeah, so yeah. A last hurrah for uncle tim's bench and, yeah yeah and friends yeah we're stoked uh this is yeah. the first time for for the collaboration of of these three bands yeah. so we're really excited for it yeah yeah um and also we haven't been at my father's mustache before so excited for that too you played with i played with you Uncle Tim's bench, yeah. a version. It was just, it was just a trio, wasn't it? Yeah. Me, you, and Lou Gonzalez on the drums. Your, your steady yep. staple of a drummer. Yep, yep, yep. And pr- Lou, probably the most uh, involved and committed musician in the Uncle Tim's bench tenure. Um, yeah. Yeah. And also, so this is cool. I love, I love seeing this. Um, so the three-band lineup for December 29th at My Father's Mustache, Noah and the Space Ark, Silk Row, Uncle Tim's Bench. Well, Noah and the Space Ark's drummer, Lou, has played extensively on the Uncle Tim's Bench uh, ensemble. You've played multiple times on Uncle Tim's Bench. Your bassist, Grant, has yes. played multiple times on Uncle Tim's Bench. Then you jump to Silk Row. Their drummer, Joe Wood, has played for us. Um... I, I love seeing this. Uh, we've got a we've got a cool cast on that date. Two keyboard players, Eugene Mungin mm. and Chris Grimes, are going nice. to be. Oh yeah, they'll be they'll be providing rhythm and lead. Um, myself, of course. Um, let's see. Our drummer will be Taylor Blompier. Uh, I've never had a gig with him before, but he is absolutely animated and sensational in any number of instruments. His his passion is i think percussion at least he's trained in it from from his academic years and then tim mason is going to be our bassist he plays with the band blime which is kind of a pop party pop uh energetic weekend cover band um i'm sure in the next year or two you're we're going to be hearing them all up and down king street um he also plays for a an irish rock Duo, trio, okay. yeah, not half Irish. They call themselves so. Huh. An ensemble, yeah, an ensemble that hasn't been put together before. Nice, yeah. Uh, like for for the Uncle Tim's bench on uh, on uh, December 29th. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's cool. That's awesome. That's uh, what it, what it's been. Yeah. So this it's uh, it's a good way. So this will. Uh, do you have any other shows lined up for next year? Um, I, I, I decided, you know, like I mentioned, I'll be coming back a couple times a month. Yeah. And while I'm here, depending on personal obligations and professional development plans that I make, uh, I would love to gig as much as I can. And, uh, just yesterday I booked something for the medical university's outdoor greenway space in January. And I'll be hey folks I'll nice. be open for business in Charleston still okay. uh, as a soloist anyway uh, to start out with yeah so if you need if you need some uh, some singing and strumming I know a guy I was gonna say uh, do you this is, I'm jumping jumping tracks here but it was something I wanted to say from earlier the um, you talked about with your new sort of vision for Big Iron Echoes that you wouldn't use harmonica right and I just think I'm, you should look for one song. No? 
Uh, we'll see. Are you opposed? I feel I, like if I did, I have yeah. three songs in okay, mind okay. on the eight song initial album concept. Um, one would be Tired Radio. Okay. Possibly to get nasty on in the instrumental outro. Maybe, maybe One Hit Wonder. Um, yeah. But I, uh, and then the folky, the the most folky song till I get dizzy. I might throw in a harmonic there, but I. Yeah. I really think that changes things up. I, I, I'll get, I'll be able to get my harmonica fix. Yeah, if, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, elsewhere. but I'm just saying, like, from the standpoint of, you know, what you do on a harmonica is special, and it, you would, it's a shame to, to not for people to not even okay. get it through one song. You know what, what I mean? What about this? What? <laughs> how about I? How about I start another, like, an additional project that's just straight, <laughs> like, stripped project. down folk, like. Yeah, strip down folk music. You could do find that. find four or five or six other full time folk artists or a duo. Like, well, if even if you go a harder rock direction, maybe I mean, I'm not saying you have to do it. You know, I mean, you're, you're you get to make your own decisions, but uh, the, it would you know sometimes it's an interesting angle to to throw in an unconventional instrument to a a sound. Sometimes you can find the right song. You know, maybe you you would think ah it doesn't really fit or. Overall, it's not the right tone. It's not what you want in that. But maybe there's one song where you're like, people get a little surprise, a little Easter egg, or, or you know. Um, well, but, I won't forget that you okay. threw that out idea. <laughs> um, have, are there any experiences that you've had so far in New York? Is there any kind of standout experience of, of connection with people, or um, do you have anything that comes to mind as some of your favorite? As, as a good memory that you formed already i'll just uh, say it's yeah. a memory i, I pepper yeah. sprayed a guy in this was years ago pre-covid oh, okay okay I, t- I took my guitar and a camelback around the country and into western europe as well <laughs> and i mean I, I i i tend to look out for myself i'm alert and room for almost everybody <laughs> right man there was no i, I gave him Three verbal indications that if he did not cease and desist his uh, physical uh, intimidation, taunt, and threat, that I would pepper spray him. So after the third time of telling him, like, all right. We as musicians, we're all about peace and love, but we'll still pepper spray. <laughs> we'll still pepper spray. <laughs> the thing was, so this was, an in, this was an introduction to at least Penn Station in New York. Um, nobody gave a shit. Every, oh. there, there was a swarm of people around, but nobody gave a damn. Yeah. Like, oh, welcome to New York, Tim. Like, nobody, nobody, nobody cared that you pepper sprayed this nobody guy? Nobody cared that he was, he was threatening me. Yeah. And nobody cared that I pepper sprayed him. Wow. And nobody cared that he, yeah. he, he ran off in, in visible pain in his face. Yeah. Uh, it's unreal, man. Very shortly. It's unreal. <laughs> very shortly thereafter, I, there was one or two police officers who walked by and, there was no, um, no reaction whatsoever. They didn't see the incident, but yeah, you know, maybe that that speaks to like maybe what is the biggest epidemic. I think that's actually the right word to use. The biggest epidemic in the world is that everyone sees nobody thinks anything is their problem. You you pass uh, you pass by something and it's somebody else's job. It's somebody else's problem, and then as a result, it doesn't get. Uh, addressed. I, I think I'm exa- I'm, I'm, over, I'm over exaggerating because clearly there are plenty of people that actually do take responsibility for different things that aren't even necessarily their problem or whatever. But it definitely is. I mean, that's a crazy story to think that you have somebody actively threatening somebody and then they get pepper sprayed and everybody just walks by like nothing's happening. Yeah. Well, maybe. That's, that's, I mean, I'm not surprised, but um, maybe it was nobody's problem. Maybe there was no problem. Maybe like 
yeah, somebody threatens you, you pepper spray them, and then it's it. over. Boom, you move on. <laughs> I was busy. Uh, yeah. Like minutes later, five between five and ten minutes later, I was still rattled by the anxiety. I was yeah. leaning against a pillar, not very far from where the incident happened. Um, I was I was writing an email on my phone because that's what I think I was originally doing when the dude came up to me. And I finally got back to business, blah, 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 type, 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 type. And I see him come from a, a corridor, this time with his shirt off, and the orange dye from the pepper spray on his face. And he's just screaming and carrying on. And then he swerves away from me, like, as he should have, as he very well should have. Um, almost as if, I, I, I don't, I, it was an impressive observation. <laughs> An impactful observation, the whole thing. Um, so this is why Tim's going to. Uh, this is why Tim is going to New York. He's he's done playing harmonica. He he's he's pulling out the pepper spray. Pulling out the pepper spray. <laughs> it's gonna be yeah. No, no, that's that's a funny story. Uh, the, the that's that's a, a formative memory. Oh uh, yeah. Form- so what about what about uh, any anything? The real questions. Well, no, I mean that's no that that that, that uh, you know that's a real experience in New York. You know. I don't know that that would happen in Charleston exactly. Probably not. It could. But it's probably more likely to happen in New York. But uh, what about... Um, I mean, it's a cultural experience to some extent. It's a cultural experience. It is. Um, what about uh, anything music-related? Anything music-related? Um, I think there there have been... Or just connection. Plenty of magical yeah. moments that have happened... Uh, I, I am enthralled with and in love with and over heels with the city of New York. I really am. And so I think the, the moments, the special, unique things that pop have popped up musically and otherwise, they, they just blend into this fabric that is, yes, New York is where I want to be. Um, as far as connections go, I, I, um, I'm very concerted and strategic and deliberate about my approach to moving there as much as one can be without having a foundation to land on. And so for six months, I've traveled once a month to New York overnight to orient myself to the city, its infrastructure, its geography, orient myself to the landmarks, orient myself to the performance venues, uh, to go watch a lot of shows. But I've also been concerted in the business aspect of things. I became a member of the Music Managers Forum of the United States earlier this year. And what that is is a trade association made up of all sorts of artists and band managers from around the world. The New York City chapter had its networking or quarterly mixer uh, in October, the day before a performance of mine. And I gussied up and... Uh, shook hands with music managers and producers and fellow artists and publishers at a, a music venue um, just just as a self-managed artist just so that I could become better aware of the stakeholders in music success. I know that I'm going to need a publisher or publicist, rather. I know I'm going to need a, an accountant. I know I'm going to need an agent. I know I'm going to need a manager. I know I'm going to need a PR professional, a social media expert, and on and on and on and on and on in my lifetime. 
why not start the process now? Why not identify who those people will be? Why not choose who those people will be well before I need them and it's too late? And the momentum and the uh, wave of music energy overtakes me. Like, no, I'm going to be concerted. I'm going to make these choices ahead of time. And so, after, you know, through through that one meeting, I, I, I had some really healthy conversations and one-on-one appointments and emails and text messages with um, a music business attorney uh, who I had coffee with on uh, Monday while I was in the city. Um, nice. A music manager who very much like me left everything to pursue a career in the music industry or music related industry um, to chat about questions I have in in and whatnot um, so just yeah the, the the potential for business connection is viable there turning a little bit of a corner here uh, some people ask me Tim why why not go to Nashville sure Tim, why don't you go to Austin sure because I'm going to become a business person Okay. I'm going to New York to develop as a business person. Okay. As I develop the creator that I know I'm becoming, the artist that I know yeah. I'm becoming. If I wanted to perfect the craft of songwriting, yes, hands down. I'm going to I'm going to Nashville uh-huh. and I am immersing myself in the songwriting circuit there. Yeah. But I think the special leg up that I'll have over uh, other artists who are vying for that same stage time um, yeah. will be that I've sharpened the business acumen. And just by being in New York where, you know, the general idea that if it doesn't have a dollar sign attached to it, it's not worth my time. Um, if, if there's, if the conversation you and I are having is not efficient, effective, solving a problem or achieving an objective because of the business that we're both invested in, then we're not going to waste our time having a conversation. Just by being in that type of environment, gotcha, gotcha, yeah. hopefully sharpen up my business acumen. and uh, yeah. That might give me a leg up over somebody who's really good at songwriting and has stagemanship, uh, but is afraid of asking about uh, fees and pay rates and negotiating and holding labels accountable for contractual terms and if it's a career, it's a business, and uh, yeah, it's. I think that's a part, a huge part of, uh, or a very area that's prone to failure for artists is the business side of things, um, because a lot of artists don't want to think of it as a business, but it is, and uh, and so if you don't if you don't appreciate that, then you're not gonna, you know, you're, you're not gonna check all the boxes, you're not gonna tick all the yeah tick all the boxes that need to be all the things that need to be done. To make sure that what you're doing is effective or uh, runs well, y- you know, if you don't if you don't treat it like a business, uh, it's just going to fall apart. You're not going to get very far. <laughs> there's 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 definitely a business side to it that's got to be handled. Um, so that's an interesting, um, a good I think a good thought about um, using New York or or your your location as a way to better yourself if you understand sort of the strengths of a city. Yeah. That's what you're saying. The strength yeah, yeah. the strength the city has to offer. Yeah. How it's gonna sharpen you. I mean I think that that's 
that's something that maybe a lot of people could benefit, a lot of artists could benefit from. Um, and probably some artists do think, uh, I think there are quite a few artists that do think that way. Um, but yeah, why you would go to Nashville. There are a number of people that left Charleston to go to Nashville in the time that I've been here. People that were, you know, reasonably successful in their own way here in Charleston, um, then setting their sights on on Nashville. And I, I didn't like that. <laughs> I thought I thought uh, you could do it. I, I feel like it's, uh, well, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm getting off off the ta- on the tangent here, but uh, I just think uh, that is a really interesting um, way to think. Is just your overall location. Could you make a better choice just about where you're positioning yourself for your own evolution? And I think that's a lot of what you're sure. talking about in this this uh, next chapter uh, of going to New York. And um, um, let's um, what would I hit one more point, and then maybe we could close with another song or two. Okay. Um. So. Uh, oh. Um. Maybe this can lead into something. Do you have any goals with? Are you even thinking about recording at all? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what's uh, do you have? What, what are some thoughts or, or goals about recording? Do it clean. Do it professional. Do it right. And uh, wait till I have assembled the players before I go that route. Once I release something. Yeah. Um, under the moniker Big Iron Echoes, as as the case in point here, um, it's not going to be something that I wonder. It's not going to be something I'm iffy about. Sure. Like, I'm going for the gusto, like, next time around. We want to take time to make sure you develop this the project first to a point where you know you're ready to, to record. Yeah. So what about... Maybe you can we can close with talking about um, what is Big Iron Echoes? Where does the name come from? What's your vision? A little bit. What 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 are you wanting to communicate with with kind of at least where you're at now? What's yeah. your your vision? The the aura and the spirit of Big Iron Echoes is intensity and a bit of a bit of mysterious ghostliness. Uh, there's a there's a heaviness to the to the spirit of Big Iron Echoes. And it is a force with whom to reckon. Um, Big Iron Echoes comes from the... There's a line in a folk song of mine, of Uncle Tim's Benches. The, The song Tiger Lily talks about what happiness is. And it explores happiness through the lens of each of the five senses in the city of Asheville. Through against the backdrop of a weekend in, in the city of Asheville, North Carolina, there is a verse that talks about what happiness sounds like. Happiness sounds like those big iron echoes free-falling downtown in the key of D major tonight, baby doll. A big iron backdrop to sour, sweet, squealing, rusty noise. We were singing those Tom Petty songs of good girls and bad boys. Well, Big Iron Echoes refers to the sound of my music while street performing, shooting up this shoot mm. in between and among two two or three skyscrapers. Sky, skyscrapers, we'll say relatively, in Asheville. 
while I stood with my back against what's called the flat iron statue, which is a enormous uh, iron statue depicting an iron, as in as mm. on an ironing board. They call that the flat iron. My my lyrics might have said flat iron echoes, but I think I just forgot what the actual sculpture <laughs> was named, so I okay. called it Big Iron. And I loved it. And you know, Big Iron Echoes being the the, the echoes of power uh, from within, with just a mere utterance of a lyric hmm. of a song that you wrote or a child in you uh, believed in. Big iron echoes. Yeah, that that song or that that lyric might have one syllable, but the wave of echoes, echoes, echoes gets bigger and bigger. It can get bigger and bigger and bigger and stronger and stronger and stronger. So that's the idea and idea behind the name Big Iron Echoes, where it comes from, and kind of the idea for what I want the band to embody. And what started as a seed, a lyric, a lyric, innocent, an innocent lyric, if, you know, maybe just one syllable long can create a, a global impact. Big iron echoes. Sounds more hopeful and bold than angry. Okay. In order to move the weight of the machine that is... Uh, these big iron echoes, this big iron is, is, is old and heavy and rusty, buddy. It's old and heavy and rusty. It's a fucking machine. Um, the, and it needs oiling, it needs polishing, it needs shining, it needs cleaning, it needs some love. That big iron, uh, it's going to take some fucking muscle to push it. Um, sometimes anger is very, very, very effective at pushing weight. So you might get a taste of attitude in, in Big Iron Echoes. All right. Because we're going to be swinging some bats. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I'll look forward to, to seeing how that all, all unfolds and, uh, and, and how it all comes together and, and certainly... As you get towards recording, which may be maybe a year out or, or something like that, yeah. yeah. Um, we look for I look forward to hearing those sounds, man. I'm throwing this out there. If if you're in New York City and you're looking to make some noise, and you're a sharp lead guitarist, bassist, keyboard player, or drummer, and 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 you've demonstrated that you're surrendered to the the vocation of music. Hit me up, and we'll talk, because I would love to consider making noise with you. Um, there we go. I also throw another personal plug. I'll be playing a solo show in Lower, no, in uh, Greenwich Village for an hour on Wednesday, January 10th for the New York and surrounding area contingent. Come on out, grab yourself some Italian dinner and some drinks at Carroll Place. And I'll share you some share some tunes with you, Wednesday, January tenth. I will bring the harmonicas for that. All right, all right. Close, you want to close us out with the song? Yeah. All right. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo.
What's up, DW? Thanks for joining. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us tonight. Thank you, everybody. Hope you guys enjoyed the conversation and yeah. the music. And uh, thank you, Tim, for coming and and uh, and my, doing another podcast with me. My two-year reunion on the Grove podcast. Yeah. So two years from now, I'll come yeah. back and maybe I'll bring a band with, with that me. Would, if, I mean, that, that's a, maybe a, a huge effort just for my podcast, um, but uh, I was, would not turn you... There's room for everybody on this. <laughs> I would not turn that down. <laughs> so we'll see. When, when, yeah. we, when we string together our East Coast tour and we'll be playing at Music Farm, this is, this is going to be our pre-show uh, podcast location, all right? Sounds good. Speaking of echo, 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 echoes, this is Tired Radio. Tired Radio comes from a lyric in the song Name by Goo Goo Dolls, which happens to be the very first song that I ever learned on the guitar that I stole from my old man. Tired Radio. Play me the first song that uh, you ever learned upon her. Uh, Guitar you stole from your old man I'll dance naked for you True story if you but sing me a little song And awaken the child within Moonlight defiant Could never ever save her From drowning in the swell Of nappy locks and at least four or five bad decisions Marlboros they were And that salty folly water smell Here we go Mind your pints and quartz she'd say She gave me several warnings I was counting on her but she was Counting bad pennies just down Don't count on her in the morning Don't count on her in the morning Lost loves, a distant echoes in the substrate of your mind a little lesson learned, another stone unturned, a birthday card on time. I was so lucky to have loved you, even luckier you once loved me. I know you know you loved me first, but I'm just another one of your bad pennies. Mind your pints and quartz, she'd say. She gave me several warnings. I was counting on her, she was counting that pennies just down. Don't count on her in the morning, don't count on her in a echo, 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 echo. Echo, 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 echo,
transcribing transcriptions, frenetic in prose. Prose like a river while I work in a hot room. A room full of underage women and a van of four underpaid men. Men frankly speaking in tongues to the moon. A moon sign a mystery and a star sign a curse. We were, we were cursing the death of the summer deep into the fall as it's falling on deaf ears instead of sounding and a pounding and a pounding of my neighbors against the bathroom wall. Echo, 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 against the bathroom wall. Echo, 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 against the bathroom wall. Echo, 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 against the bathroom wall. Mind your pints and quart sheets, hey. She gave me several warnings. I was counting on her. She was counting bad pennies. Just don't count on her in the morning. Thank you, Noah Grove. Thank you, Tim Falvey. Thank you, Tim Falvey of Uncle Tim's Bench for joining me tonight in the studio. Thank you guys out there for watching. hope you guys enjoyed everything. Tim is going to be back again next week with the band. Or with a, with a band. With, with the Uncle Tim's Bench Ensemble. With the Uncle Tim's Bench Ensemble. Rep representing the bench on the 29th of Do you December. Know, is it going to be the same, same group? Same group, buddy. That's awesome. Same group as the show, yeah. That's as, awesome. As the, uh, as the My Father's Mustache show. So, so they're going to be here next uh, Wednesday. Um, that's right, yep. And uh, so we'll hear that in... You, you guys, anybody that's that's looking to come to the show, you'll get a, a little pre prequel. Yep. Um, awesome. Um, thank you again, Tim. And uh, we'll see you next Wednesday. I'll see you Sounds next Wednesday. Good. Thanks again, everybody out there. If you liked it, give it a like. Uh, tell people about it. Smash that smash subscribe that like button. button. Smash it. And then uh, you can follow Uncle Tim. You can follow Tim Falvey at Uncle smash Tim's that. Bench. That's U-N-C-L-E-T-I-M-B-E-N-C-H. Yeah, it's a button somewhere around there. Bam, bam. <laughs> All right, smash guys. It. Peace out. Thanks, guys. Everyone have a great night.